36 ready to fly the solder files finally ordered by the Indian government. MMRCA deal cancelled or is it? This is the Defense Aviation Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the very first episode of Defense Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Larkins D'Souza, founder of Defense Aviation, and thank you for downloading this episode today. After a lot of requests from our readers, we have finally come up with this podcast. I appreciate your love and constant support. Please forgive my stammering and mistakes in this episode. I promise I'll do better in the future episodes. On this episode, I'd interview Ronnie Sereno from Omaha. He's part of our Defense Aviation team, and he has an interesting take on the Indian Rafale deal. You can find the show notes and have a discussion on defenseaviation.com forward slash episode one. Hello, Ronnie. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. 36 Rafals off the shelf, but now the now the MMRCA deal is shut down. Walk us through, Ronnie. Talk to us more on this. Well, on the on the MRCA deal, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would consider it a dead deal yet because there's just a lot of reporting going on back and forth. Uh, there's some that are anti. MRCA and there's some that are pro this, pro that, mostly on the MKI or Euro Eurofighter. So I can't really make a judgment call on that yet. But on the Rafael deal, that's certain sign done away. But it's still up in the air. See what India is going to bring up for the uh, for the Rafael deal, and hopefully everything gets squared away and that that the MRCA deal is going to be saved again. According to the reports, India will replace the aging MiG-21s with, with the indigenous LCA Tejas. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that has always been uh, um, the forthcoming anyway with the LCA Tejas as a replacement for the MiG-21 since the 1980s. So that's always been the big the, the big kahuna right there for the Indian Air Force was the... Uh, the teachers to replace the MiG-21. The Rafale was more of a supplement to not only to replace the MiG-21, but also to replace the MiG-27, MiG-23 back in the day when that has been retired. Also Mirage 2000, because Indians have around 40 or to 50 aircrafts. Yeah, Mirage they have around... Yeah, they have around over 50 Mirage 2000s. Yeah, 59 to be uh, exact. But, so, yeah. uh, so is this the deal replacement for the Mirage 2000? It could potentially be in the in the near future, but I kind of doubt it because India just dropped over like a few billions on the on the upgrades for the Mirage 2000s, which was even controversial too. That's right. That's right. Uh, Mirage 2000s will remain at least till 2040. Yeah, around 2030 or, or yeah, 20, uh, 2030, 2035, around that part. Same with the MiG 29s too. But the main the main replacement for the book MiG 29 and Mirage 2000 along with the Jaguar, is the AMCA aircraft, but that project is in development hell. Yes, um, AMCA project has not been materialized as of now. It's still on the drawing boards. It will take maybe around, again, 30 years, like how they just took 30 years for from its conception to its first flight. Well, let's hopefully it's sooner than than the teachers deal that the teachers deal on my opinion is just there's a lot of controversy with the teachers deal too just a lot of there's some people thinking is the plane even worth it because because it's kind of nearly kind of nearly obsolete but there's the 
Part Two that's coming out that might it's gonna more enhance it, but we'll see what happens there and stuff like that because there's still some issues with the Tejas deal to this day. The latest from the uh, LCA Tejas being that it is um, it's being tested on the all weather for all weather conditions and it it did pretty well um, in um, in its uh, its tests in Ladakh and in the extreme conditions so oh, th- there are some there are some wins over there as well in terms of tejas yeah they did pretty well on the testing definitely from high altitude low altitude testing like the basing carrier trials are doing pretty well as for but that's for the naval tejas and uh, i think they did weapons testing yeah they did some weapon testings with it and so far it did very well on flying colors it just the main issue behind behind the teachers deal is the timing and some people were thinking it could be is it too little too late for the plane or is it even worth it but we'll see, we'll have to see in the next couple of years and stuff and see if it is i know it from what i heard of it kind of entered into the production status but for the uh, mark ones but the mark two won't be available to the uh early 2020s though also, Tejas is not a well-experienced platform for now, is it? As, not really. Yes, and with uh, when it comes to Rafale, it is a well-war-experienced aircraft. Yeah, the Tejas has been, like I said, it's been pretty much in development since the 1980s. Going between, it first started out with the British, then the French, then the U.S., then it, uh, embargo, Indians took fully, then Israelis, then Americans, and it just went back and forth project. I actually recommend reading the book called The Tejas Story. It tells a lot about the Tejas um, platform and its history. For all but, those who are um, listening, we will put up the show notes on, on our website, uh, the link to the uh, book just now Ronnie mentioned. Go on, Ronnie. On the Rafael issue, yeah, that's already been battle-tested from day one. Um, after it came into service a year, it seen action in Afghanistan, it seen action in Libya, it seen action in Mali, it seen action in, in Iraq, and I I don't think it's I don't know, I think it's seen action in Syria. I'll have to look that up a little bit more, but but it has seen action pretty well and did its job. It's a very well it's a very well stabilized uh, versatile plane and does its job very well. The only drawback that plane has really is just it always had bad luck in the export market. That's because it's very expensive. Well, that, but then you had political issues behind it too. You had Singapore, which went for the F 15, some people saying mostly due to the United States interference. Same with South Korea, that was also another issue. The They almost had a very close potential deal with Morocco back in the late 2000s, but it lost out to due to the F-16, but they did get their Prima frigates and uh, some helicopters with it, so it wasn't really a lost cause, but the Rafale still has a lot of potential because as now, Egypt bought 24 of them right off the bat. They will be coming from the French stock. Malaysia is still deciding about it, Indonesia is still deciding about it, definitely after Lima 15. Then you have Qatar, United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain that's looking at the uh, Rafale. After decades of uh, no sales for, for uh, the the Sol Rafale, this comes at a uh, comes at a good good condition right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty much a four leaf clover hit the salt big time. Yeah, the Rafale deal was a uh, which some people thought would never happen because Egypt didn't handle money for, it, which is sort of true because it's having financial problems at home so how were they going to afford a deal so that's why they look to the Saudis and United Arab Emirates for paying for the deal along with the French banks also throwing their hands into the Rafael deal that helped that helped salt right there big time on the Indian issue though 
that was a rather the Saul thought this was a good opportunity and that they could also help other deals. And I think the Indian deal did have some influence on the sales too, like because I know Brazil was very very close to getting a Rafael but rejected it at the end. But it did help out on Egypt though. Now the cancellation of MMRCA deal, how would that affect the Saul aviation? It will if it if the deal is uh, is true. I don't know. Like I said, the MRCA deal, I don't, I don't think it's a dead deal yet because, like I said, there's just so much stuff flying around on the Indian, me- Indian media and defense media in general. It will have some effects on the salt and, stu- uh, and stuff like that because they they were expecting these orders. They wanted these large orders and stuff that would help them out get, get the plane out there on the salesman's market. But on the other hand, it comes down to, if, like I said, if it's true or not, because the Indian media and the Indian, de- I mean, the defense media, they're just taking advantage of this and uh, they're spreading this and that. They don't know what what's coming going on a deal. That's, that's why a lot of people are just pretty much kind of gave up on it. On the Indian front, it goes both ways. It could be seen as a win-loss situation, too, if you look at it. Because at the same time, they get those 36 Rafales. They lose on the technology as, transfer. Yeah, they lose on the technology transfer. Then there's another issue, which a lot of people always forget to talk Well, there's some that we'll talk about it. It's the maintenance issue. You buy 36 Rafales, and it's just going to add more to the maintenance problem. And it's going to be more money. Another thing is, too, is there's no uncertain date when any replacement aircraft is going to be coming in service. Like, uh, the MiG-17, I mean, not MiG-17, MiG-27 will be out of service in a couple years, between 2017-2019. Then, they're also looking for a replacement for the Jaguar in the future, too. And like I said, the MCA deal is pretty much on a drawing board, or I don't know, a talking stage, whatever that deal is. You got the PAC-FA deal pretty much still in the, in the water. You got the... FGFA deal that's still stuck too, and I also been I heard was cut back down to 120 some aircraft too. It used to be 100, it used to be 200, then it was 144, now it's 120 for the FGA, uh, FGFA. So that might not turn into another MRCA problem. They don't know about the the MKIs as a possibility to get more built, but the MKI, while it's a very good versatile aircraft in its own right, it's doesn't feel it's a heavy it's a heavy fighter not a a medium and light fighter so it's like an overkill situation it's not really a recommended idea to just sit there and rely on the mki on every mission stuff like that it's just like putting an apache for all for everything uh like reconnaissance and light attack and anti-tank and everything at on one chopper but while it works very well it just it seems like it's more of an overkill situation. Does this incident suggest that Indians would get more of other aircraft? Say Eurofighter, is there a possibility? Eurofighter is a possibility too. There's a lot of talk and Europeans are trying to shove it down their throat too. It's a very possibility, but the, the thing is the Eurofighter's multi-rule capability isn't... It's coming in line now, but it is not that great still compared to the Rafael. I know they're putting the uh, brimstone. I know they already had the storm shadow capability because that was one of the main requirements with the long-range strike aircraft and the paperweight missile uh, bombs. I think the the British already tested out the uh, the Eurofighter and uh, ground attack rules and 
Iraq. And I think the Saudis are looking to do the same pretty soon. With their uh, Saudis are also about to be putting paperway fours and, and storm shadow cruise missile capabilities on their uh, type of. But the Eurofighter's main rule has always been interception and in uh, dogfighting. But there's a potential with that. Then there's another problem that's going on with the Eurofighter front too is that there's countries that are suffering through maintenance problems with them too. That should be also looked at too because you don't want to get a plane that's going to have a whole bunch of maintenance issues too. Of all these different aircraft in, in, in the inventory, th- there would be problems with the maintenance. You know, there are different air- type of aircraft and we need different kind of maintenance. So, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, uh, the Indian maintenance deal, hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it, it, it's very bad when it comes to India. I remember this quote back in 1999 is that while the Indian Air Force looks good on paper with over a thousand aircraft, but with so much maintenance issues and training issues and stuff like that, it's nowhere near that status. And which is true, the Indian Air Force is still suffering through that maintenance issues with, uh, look at the MiG-21, for example. There's, I was reading about it a few times, read about it a lot, that some had to rely on uh, black market parts, some had to rely on uh, parts taken off from other MiGs, and some they had to make on their own because the parts are not available. And uh, haven't been in production since the 1980s. Uh, the Indians made 21 production was into the, I think around between 84 and 1988. But it, it's a maintenance nightmare. At top of that, you have maintenance issues with the MKI. It's still prevalent, mostly with the engines, which is not surprising because as much as the Russian engines are very good, I'm not going to downgrade downgrade them on that. They're they are excellent. But the problem is the Russians' engines are built like with the Cold War status that. These aircraft will only last for a week, so what's the point of a uh, engine life compared to American engine lives that could last for 10,000 uh, flight hours, while the Russian engines will last between 1,500 to 2,000 flight hours? So that also brings that issue too. Then I also heard there was some computer glitches going on with the MKI. Then you have the May 27. You have the Jaguar. You have the Mirage 2000. You have the May 29. You have the Karen, the Hawk, and many other planes that has to rely on different types of maintenance, and it doesn't—it it just doesn't make no sense. It, it just gonna—that's what's costing uh, Indian Air Force a lot of money—is a maintenance issue, and it's also costing lives because you don't know if that, that part's gonna work, or it's defective, or it's made wrong. That's another issue too. But on the part on the maintenance issue, and I also want to get on the part on. How uh, Hindustan Aeronautics Limited? How is pretty much is overburdened? Way way overburdened. They not only have to rely on the Mig twenty nine. I, I mean Mig twenty one maintenance. They got to rely on MKI maintenance. Uh, they have to rely on the Tejas maintenance. They have to rely on the Hawk maintenance and a few other aircraft maintenance and. Also that, they're building those, some of those aircraft like the MKI, Hawk, and the TJ. So that's another issue that comes down to the Rafale, why the MRCA deal could be scrapped. Has the strategy okay. changed? MRCA deal was supposed to be for a medium-range uh, aircraft. Now they're changing into a TJ, which is a short-range aircraft. So has the strategy changed? I think it has somewhat, but it's not a good idea 
to put everything on the T-Jets because it still is short-legged on certain things. Definitely on the range. It doesn't carry that much of a weapons payload compared to the Rafale. And that's and that the systems is still limited compared to the Rafale. Rafael was, uh, was built for those missions from the ground up. And that TJS was built for more of a uh, light strike, air defense, point air defense, stuff like that. And while it does have that little bit of multi-role capability and stuff, it, it doesn't carry that much of a weight. It, it can't carry like the larger missiles like um, like I was saying the other day about the my Brahmos Mini, if that is ever thrown, which is more likely will be put on the Rafael or let's say some of the Russian type missiles and Indian type missiles in the near future. Because the thing about what a lot of people don't know about the Rafale is back in early, I mean late 90s when they were offering to the export market is that the salt laid it on, they laid their cards on the hand and they tell everybody even despite if you got Russian weapons, American weapons or Chinese weapons, whatever you got We'll put, we'll install all those systems on the Rafale as requested by the customer. So no matter which which stuff is available for the Rafale, it's right there. The Tejas, it just still, I don't know, I'm just still don't believe too much about the Tejas and that much. And I really hope I'm proven wrong on that, but I still am a little bit of critical about the Tejas. And I think it's like not really a good idea to put the put everything on the TJ's mark yet. I wanna I want like for example I want to see more info about the Mark II before before they move ahead, but like I said, the Rafael would be a better fit than what the TJ's offers right now. And I think probably even a better fit than what the Mark II offers. With combat oh, radius of three hundred kilometers on the TJ's and one thousand eight hundred fifty two kilometers on the salt. And what is your understanding on that? Well, like I was saying about the Rafael, for example, what a, uh, a lot of people, it's good to read, I wish it was, there was a lot of things about the Rafael out there on the uh, on the internet and books. I know that some of the good things about the Rafael is reading them in the James books, because they really talk about it big time. But the Rafael was built straight up. Uh, it was more of a, uh, before the Rafael, it was ever considered. Uh, French was part of the Eurofighter deal. It was part of the AV uh, back in the 1980s. And but the French decided they wanted their own fighter for political and other reasons too. Because that because the French Navy also wanted a new fighter for their carriers, but the European countries were like, eh, nah, we don't want it." Uh, so the French just took off. But the main reason, the main replacement back then for the for the Rafale and this requirements was to replace the Mirage 5, the Mirage 4P, and uh, yeah, the Mirage 4P uh, strategic bomber, the F-8 Crus uh, Crusader, the Super Elton Guard, most of the aircraft because so so they had to add a nuclear strike capability, uh, medium range uh, strike capability, air to air, multi-rule capability, everything. So this shows India has changed its strategy. You know, they are not looking into nuclear strike capabilities or medium range. They're looking into something short and fast, a quick interceptor. Is that what you're saying? It seems like it on paper, but it, it seems like, I'm going to be honest with you, Larkins, I think 
I don't know what the Indians, uh, Indian military general wants anymore. It seems like on the MRCA, it just turned into more of a, a political issue than more of a, uh, a requirement. They mixed politics with the military requirements and they have messed, messed it all up. Yeah, it, it's pretty much... Then you, you can add nationalism to the, to the part because there's people that are they're diehard HAL supporters that also want to get them, get HAL to build the aircraft, but at the same time they want how to make the TJs, make everything. It's just, it's this new thing that Modi put out there. Make it India. Um, make it, yeah, make it, make it India, but at the same time, while that make it in India is a, looks good on paper, but there's still some flaws uh, to it. There's, the, the aeronautical part of India is pretty well, it's pretty good, but the problem is, is that they don't really have that technology there yet they don't have they don't have like uh, too much headway there's pretty much how just like a giant monopoly and and that's where everybody from the indian military comes to is how for everything but like i was saying how is just way too big it's got way too many projects in its hands and and it's really slowing a lot of things down and that's why some of those countries are having second uh, second thoughts about it. That's why, if you look at if you read more into into the French, I mean, like into Indian defense exports and stuff, imports. I mean, imports, and you see countries offering things here and there to India. It's mostly been. It's not really a how exclusive, but but look at the trainer deal, for example, for the Hawk. That deal went on for twenty years. I'm not. Uh, I'm not shocking. That deal started back in the 1980s, and the salt also offered the Alpha Jet, and it was just then you had everybody coming in. But there were some countries got so fed up with it and it just left it. They said, "I, I, I can't deal with this because because more you offer the plane, it's costing money. You, you put money into it, and if you don't see no results, and you pretty much you leave. It, it's it's like a black hole." to some of the defense companies and that are trying to offer stuff to India. Then you have people that's trying to, uh, you have your um, uh, kickbackers in the, in the background, middlemen, that's trying to want to get money too in the government. So that's why you have people, that's why some of these deals are always getting blacklisted because... That's why uh, right now the Rafale deal is being done by the government to government, not from government to, or the middlemen to the, the salt aviation. It is from the government to government, the French government and the Indian government. So, so that would accelerate the deal faster. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah and this is what I, I... Well, this... Well, government to government is also very well done so because it's government to government. But there's sometimes government government also has mix-ups too because they also want their requirements, and sometimes you can't fit those requirements at times, and and it just brings a whole new level of problems too. And in the end of the day, it's going to get shelled. But it also has its good factors too because you're getting things done fast. You want things right away. You want to get the thing, uh, your product and service right away, and no BSing around on that. But the the main issue is though is I think they're doing things backwards. I think uh, especially the Indians because they're they're in a they're between a rock and a hard place. One thing is AMCA is uns like I said it's uncertain. The PAC FA is still in the water. 
the FGFA project is still whatever, and that's also been cutting down, so it might not turn into another MRCA deal, like I was saying earlier. The TGIS is still unproven, even though it's doing very well, it's still unproven, and it's not really uh, that it doesn't fit the requirement of the Raphael like some people is trying to make it out to be. And MKI, while it's a very good aircraft, and if this is real, but it's, it's sort of an overkill on certain things. It So they need a middle ground, and the Raphael fits that, but it seems like everybody is just jump on a merry-go-round, and it's like a never-ending thing. They don't know what they want until somebody passes out on it. But The deal has been going on for 10 years. The talks have been going for 10 years, and suddenly the deal is off. Yeah, it's been actually going on since uh, almost 15 years. At least the uh, Brazilians got uh, got them beat on the FX project, which has been going on for 20 years. <laughs> and they suddenly, <laughs> yeah, they picked the ripping. But yeah, this is they India should India should became smart and they should have just got the Mirage 2000s back in those days. And if they wanted because they were desperate needing some fighters, like so they should have got the Mirage 2000s and they should have probably got the mid-29 additional mid-29 as a supplement too but they decided well let's just get a whole new uh fighter for let's see what we can make and it just turned into a, a massive ordeal you had the f-16 which i knew was never going to be chosen for various reasons most likely because pakistan operates too euro fighter the rafael f-18 i mean the super hornet and griffin you had mig 35 you had all those aircraft that was being offered then you had your other aircraft that was being offered to India, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, SU-35 was offered to them in the early 2000s, was rejected. SU-34s were offered to India, was rejected. They, they considered the SU-30 MKIs as superior to the SU-35 and SU-34 at the time. They didn't, well, not superior, but as their, they, they, the MKIs fit those two, so there was no need for them. Yeah, that would have solved the maintenance issue, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think... Like I was saying, that I don't know what India really wants anymore, and they need to get it. Uh, they need to get it straightened away because I thought Modi would fix this stuff, uh, fix this issue, but it looks like it just turned into another ball game on this issue, and no one really has uh, any plans or updates what they want on the Rafael or what requirement. I think I think everybody's trying to play Monday Night Quarterback on the on the on this issue, and then. And no one really has any good plans how to fix it. It just it just turned into like I said, it's turned into a massive quagmire and and from there it just it's gonna add more problems to the Indian Air Force because later down the road and it's gonna be in the next decade, next five, ten years, is that the Indian Air Force might end up pulling another MRC deal and just trying to look for that fighter for that medium range fighter since like I said, everything's still on on paper. With the Rafael deal cut down to 36 and the MRC uh, deal dead, what, what are they going to do now? Uh, that we'll have to do another requirement. That's interesting. Now, coming to the end of the episode, Ron, when will India get these 36 Rafales? My opinion on that, Larkins, is that they will be getting them uh, uh, later this decade. Probably around 2017, probably when they'll start on it, because they're, right now they're just trying to get the Egyptian, the Egyptian orders out the way and some of the French borders out the way i think if so they probably will get them by the uh 2017 2020 at least 
But, like I said, I won't write this deal off as totally dead yet, because like I said, there's, just to uh, there's so much stuff going on behind the, uh, behind the government and the, and the defense ministry. So they're not gonna give. They're not gonna tell everybody in the media. It's just that's common sense anyway. Then uh, none of those guys are gonna tell the media of everything. So as of now, it's just pretty much gonna be pointing fingers. Who's to believe? Who's who not to believe? Is this really necessary? Is it ne isn't necessary? But it's, it's gonna. It's gonna be very. It's gonna be a very interesting few years. And I don't think the rap. I, I like I said. I don't think the MRC. If it is dead, I um I think it's gonna be dead in name, but I think the Raphael is gonna pretty much gonna set in stone. Because when they once they get the Raphael and they start liking it and stuff like that, that's when you're gonna be seeing more orders. And like I said, I think we'll be seeing and if everything goes well, I think I'll probably see around two or three hundred Raphaels being bought and made in India. But one thing I completely forgot on, I think and the soul should have did this in the first place is that I don't know if they were probably weren't, weren't required to do this or probably weren't allowed to do this is that they should have uh, the soul should have hand the Raphael production to a third party uh, aeronautics company in India instead of how because the, everybody knows how it was a slow it, it's been a slow burner uh, and that over overcompensated. That's a problem in India, Ronnie. Is that the private companies up, up, up till recently were not allowed to involve in the defense deals. There were rules against that. Yeah, and that's what's kind of costing a lot of things about the Indian military. Look at the new transport deal right now. Even that's even uncertain. That's even like an MRC deal for transport deals. But the MTA, I mean, it, I think it's time, and I think the government is slowly doing that now, is handing some of the stuff to the third party, I mean the builders, because they already know that how is oversaturated on a lot of things. And that DR, DRDO is also oversaturated on things. But DRDO is more of a missile slash DARPA type. Yeah, DARPA is like, uh, over here in the United States, is like... Uh, they make uh, advanced technologies, not only for weapons, but computer systems, uh, vehicles. Uh, it, that's how DARPA is. And they're pretty much hit the curve on that. But that's how DRDO is kind of like. Uh, they're more of that DARPA-like. But that's like the only companies I could think of as DRDO, How, and there was another company I can't think of right off the bat. NAL. But NAL. Are, NAL. But that's for the civilian yeah. part, civilian aircrafts. Yeah, and they were also involved in some military projects too, and they were also involved with the TJs back in the day until they just left it. But I think it is time for, I think the biggest thing that what India needs to do, and I like I said, they're slowly doing it, but it needs to be much more of a, a faster approach is they need to get people on the ball with the third party uh, manufacturers. Because relying on how for this long is just costing too much money, too much time, and by the time the product does enter service, like I was saying about the TJs, it's it's pretty much going to be obsolete. Because you didn't have then you have countries like China that's uh, that's pretty much going over head on in India. You got Pakistan, which is taking a smarter route. A lot of people downgrade Pakistan on uh, on a number of things. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize Pakistan wants to get the stuff in service right away. They don't want to sit there for 
decades and years in development hell. They want the product right away. That's why they do, they do the smart TOT or the tag team effort like they did with China and and they're also doing with Turkey now with, on certain military equipment like the Pantar artillery system. So that's what India needs to start doing. They did do right on the Brahmos. They do very excellent on the Brahmos. But they need to start doing it on additional things. And with the Rafael, that's what they should do with the Rafael like they did with the Brahmos and the MKI deal is have like a, a tag team effort like the, what the Pakistan and the Chinese did with the JS-17. So that's that right there is a saving grace and that they need to start putting stuff into third party. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for that but that's pretty much the truth that they need to start doing things to get get on the ball because doing it this old fashioned way like I said time, money and also lies. That's very interesting Ronnie. We had an amazing interview today. Thanks for being on the show. Maybe we'll have, it, have you on the next show as well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here, Larkin. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find the discussions and show notes at defenseaviation.com forward slash episode 1. And we will see you again on the next episode.